there. I am Crystal Craven, a singer, a songwriter, and a worship leader who is passionate about sharing what God inspires. And coming right up is your weekly devotional. We have made it to Luke 13. We are starting Luke chapter 13 today. All right, so we are going to be in the first five verses. So Luke 13, verses 1 through 5. Here we go. There were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you all likewise will perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all of the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish perish. Do do you remember that situation in John 9 uh, with the man who had been born blind and Jesus's disciples had ended up asking if it was the man or his parents who had sinned that caused him to be born blind? And now here we see that this perception of the people is mimicking that idea that hardship somehow equates to how bad of a sinner someone is. Now, even in our current culture of vastly unchurched people, they tend to claim karma, right? This idea that if you do good, good will happen to you. And if you do bad, bad will happen to you. But Jesus debunked that not only in John 9, where he had answered in verse three, that it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. But then also here in Luke 13, when he said, not once, but twice, he said, no, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So to God, sin is sin right? It doesn't matter if the sin is telling a lie or killing someone. Sin is sin. And a common example um, that I have heard given is when you look at a view of a city from an airplane that you can't tell which buildings are houses or skyscrapers. They all look like tiny little boxes from that high. But also think of this. If you caught someone lying to you, would you say that they did wrong towards you? Okay. How about if someone came over to your house and stole from you? Would you say that they wronged you? Yeah. And then what about if someone walked up to you and punched you in the face? Would that be wrong towards you? Now, in all these situations, sure, the answer is yes, they did wrong towards you, right? And you may feel different levels of upset about those different scenarios, but regardless of how bad, they still wronged you, right? 
But let's go even further and let's take the emotion out of it. Let's say you are going, you know, five miles per hour over the speed limit um, and you get pulled over by a police officer. Um, Then the question is, did you break the law? Well, yeah. Okay, what about if you get pulled over, you know, speeding 20 miles over the, the legal limit? Did you break the law? Yeah, since the law states the speed limit, even if you're only driving a little bit over that, you still have technically broken the law. Now, God, who is holy and good, gave us his perfect law. And that was given first, you know, through those Ten Commandments, and then later in more details through Moses, um, which included those 613 laws that included both ceremonial laws and then moral laws. But there has only been one human being to date who has never broken any of those laws, and that was fulfilled through Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. And that was an order that through his fulfillment of the law, that he would be the perfect substitutionary sacrifice on our behalf. So if we were in court for speeding, you know, even if it was only one mile an hour over the speed limit and we're facing fines for breaking the law and we have to do traffic school, it would be like Jesus standing up, paying our fines, doing the traffic school for us, and then our driving record is instantly wiped clean. Now, that is, of course, a very simplistic example, right? But the idea is the same. You know, like we did the crime, but Jesus paid the time. And it's really that great exchange in which it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 19a and 21, that Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. But just because Jesus died for the sins of the world, and quite literally anyone, anyone who believes in Jesus as Lord and Savior will be saved, but that doesn't mean that everyone will be saved. Jesus makes it very clear that unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So indeed, sin is sin. And just as Romans 10, 9 says that all who confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But if repentance doesn't happen, then salvation isn't received. Repentance is the predecessor, that like heart soil prepper, so to speak, to take that seed of the word of salvation to be sown and grown. And those things go hand in hand, repentance and salvation, they go hand in hand. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand this because I'm not saying that there's anything additional, no additional requirements to salvation. Simply put, one will indeed be saved if they confess and believe, 
but one who doesn't repent won't confess and believe. Remember uh, when it was mentioned earlier that Jesus fulfilled the law perfectly and then died on our behalf? So no one could have ever done that. No one ever has and no one ever will after Jesus could ever fulfill the law perfectly. And the point of the law was to prove to us that realization that we are sinners and in need of a Savior to stand in that gap between us and God in order for us to be reconciled to Him. And only Jesus could do that. It was that kindness of God towards us that Jesus died while we were still sinners, and it's that kindness that leads us to repentance. So if if you're listening to this and you're saved, you are a follower of Jesus, you have accepted salvation, and you have Jesus in your heart, I just want to encourage you to rejoice that your sins are forgiven and encourage you to meditate on the love and the joy and the unity that we get to share with God in our reconciliation that Jesus died to give us. But if you're listening to this and you're not saved, you know, maybe you've never even heard of Jesus. Maybe you've gone to church a little bit, but you've never really kind of got plugged in. Whatever the case may be, if you're questioning at all and you, or you just flat out say, I'm, I'm not saved, I'm not a Christian, I want to tell you all of the sins that you've committed from the very smallest to the very biggest. And you know, right? You know in your heart you've sinned. But no matter how big or small, it does not separate you from the love of God because God loves you so much. And that's why He sent Jesus to die for you. And He offers you salvation freely in Him today. Just as we read in in Romans 10, you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart, you will be saved. So as God is offering you freely salvation in Him right now, the only question is, will you receive it? blogs, uh, written devotionals, and to hear my originally written songs, visit crystalcravenmusic.com. And that is crystal with a K and craven with a C.